It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh! Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is time for the Jets-Texans pregame report. So for that, normally we would bring in our friend who is the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. But it is Thanksgiving weekend, and Mr. Nimbley had some things he needed to get done. So... We bring in our friend, the Thunder from Down Under, Mr. Luke Grant. As you know, Thanksgiving is not a thing in Australia, so Luke able to join me to break down this pregame information between the Jets and the Houston Texans. Of course, as always, we will get into the prop bets, the injury report, the news, and all of that. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm, I'm pretty excited, to be honest, Scott. It's the best I've felt heading into a Jets game for a month since Zach got hurt. Gives you something to look forward to, something to be optimistic about. And if the Jets play well and ruin their draft position, at least you'd hope it's because Zach plays well. So looking forward to it. I'm feeling good. Looking forward to getting up at 5 a.m. and watching hopefully a Jets win. Before we get into the Jets news, let's talk about what you just said about ruining draft position. Because Aiden Hutchinson put on a show against Ohio State. And our friend Nick Spano over at U Stadium tweeted out that as of this moment, Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson should be the top two picks in this draft. I tend to agree. Now, a lot can change. We're going to have the combine. We're going to get medicals. Some guys are going to go up the board. Some guys are going to go down the board. And it's never as cut and dry as whoever it is in November that you like is going to go one and two. Very rarely works out that way. But as of now, those two guys look to be the cream of the crop and certainly the two best edge rushers in this draft. So as you said, the Jets right now in line to get one of them because they would pick number two if the season ended today. So even if Thibodeau went number one, which a lot of people are anticipating, the Jets could get Hutchinson in two. It is worth talking about how dominant Hutchinson was and how Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau could be interesting prizes for the Jets who still desperately need an edge rusher because even when Carl Lawson comes back, he's been hurt so many times in his career, including this past year missing the entire year, that you want a young edge rusher that you can really build that defense around. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard someone complain that their team has too many edge rushers. <laughs> even with Bryce Huff and his development and how well he's looked to play, you need that marquee guy, even if Carl Lawson is what we hoped he was heading into the season. Aiden Hutchinson was incredible today for Michigan. It was a marquee win for them in the Big Ten, obviously huge for, for Harbaugh. Three sacks. I think it was seven tackles, a lot of those for loss. He has an awesome inside move. I think a lot of these guys coming out of college, they win around the edge with speed, but once a guy gets hands on them, they struggle to win. That's what separates and is a differentiator for Aiden Hutchinson. He's a grown man, and he was playing a quality left tackle today. Munford, I believe the uh, number 75 from Ohio State, was the highest rated 
left tackle in the whole of college football last year, according to PFF in pass protection. So he took him to the cleaners. He went through his chest. He beat him inside. He beat him outside, disengaged with hands. He's the real deal. And if the Jets lose uh, on the weekend against Houston, then I think that becomes much more of a discussion. But if they win and they end up with the fourth or fifth pick, I think it's going to be more difficult to land him because he is flying up draft boards. And to be honest, I'd be shocked if he went outside the top three right now. A little early to talk about it, but it's possible with all the ammo they have that if they really wanted him, they could probably trade up. But we're a long way away from that, so we'll save that talk for another time. Right now, let's go through all the news before we get to what's going on with injuries. Zach Wilson says he is 100% confident in his knee. When asked about whether fans will see any difference in the post-injury version of himself, he said, I don't really care what anybody thinks. If I'm being honest, I want to see improvement in myself as far as when I watch the tape at the end of the day, do I see improvement? I know Elijah Moore said something similar. Mike LaFleur had an interesting comment. He said, the improvements that I believe Wilson has made these last three days compared to where he was a month ago, you could see it. Hopefully it will carry over to Sunday. Joe Flacco looks like he technically could be activated for the game later today, but I don't think he's going to be. It appears that Josh Johnson will be the number two quarterback behind Zach Wilson here. James Morgan is back, got signed to the practice squad. I guess it's because he's familiar with the playbook. I don't expect him to be here long. I assume that once Mike White and Joe Flacco are officially back in the fold, that'll be it for James Morgan. Also, last bit of news, Matt Cavanaugh is not going to be with the team because of COVID-19 protocols. John Beck is there now, so that's not as much of a worry as it might have been when Zach Wilson was playing before he got hurt. So that's the news that's non-injury related right now. Luke, any thoughts on all of that before we get to the injuries? Yeah, I think fans were pretty critical of Mike LaFleur and his comments because for how many years have we heard the Jets coaching staff say, oh, but it looks so good during the week. We just didn't play well on Sundays. What do you want an offensive coordinator to say when you know a guy like Costello or Samini goes to them and says... How does Zach Wilson look? Does he look different to what he looked like last time? Does he look more comfortable? Where's he at? He wants to be supportive of his player. Of course, he's going to give him a rap to the media. He did the right thing. Fans need to get off his back. He's, he's boxed into a corner. What else do you want the guy to say? So I had no issue with the way he handled it or him saying that you know, Zach looked good in practice and better than he did a couple of weeks ago because that's progression. And I'm sure it's the truth and it's going to be hopefully replicated on Sunday. And then, as you said, I, I don't think it's a huge deal with the uh, the quarterback coach being out. You've got Calabrese on the sideline. You also have John Beck. He was communicating a ton with Zach Wilson last week on the sideline. There was a number of shots we could see them discussing concepts and mechanics and things like that. So I think that's going to be huge. We're really going to see that payoff in the short throwing game. Zach and that relationship with Beck and how much more comfortable he's going to be. Obviously, LaFleur is up in the booth now, but I'm excited to see it. I think the quarterback situation is good. I'm still not over James Morgan. I think he cost us the week one game against Carolina. Some of the blitzes and the stunts, I think that came <laughs> from him and, and understanding the Jets' protections, but you know maybe he can make it up for us. Jets have elevated Josh Johnson, Jabari Zaniga, Austin Walter, and Ronnie Blair from the practice squad. Michael Carter goes to IR, so he's going to miss at least three games. He's eligible to return December 19th at Miami. No surprise there. We knew he was going to miss two to three weeks. And then as far as the rest of the injuries go, it looks like Corey Davis is not going to play that's the most important news of the guys who don't seem like they're going to be active. Michael P. Ryan, Isaiah Williams, Jonathan Marshall, Tim Ward, 
and Rashad Wild Goose most likely not going to play. So Corey Davis not being in this one is going to be interesting because Zach Wilson, a lot of people argued, tried too hard to get the ball to Corey Davis, and that caused him a lot of problems early on. This time around, Corey Davis isn't going to be here for this first game. He's going to have Elijah Moore. He's going to have Jamison Crowder. He's going to have Keelan Cole. So it'll be different this time. Unfortunately, no Michael Carter either, but he's not going to be trying to force it into Corey Davis. We know that much. It's a double-edged sword, Scott, because I actually said it on the show, I think it was yesterday or the day before, that you know it'd be nice to see him not feed Corey Davis, look to throw the ball to the guys that beat man coverage. But at the same time, Corey Davis is an NFL-caliber receiver. He's a really good one when he can actually catch the football. So, of course, you'd want him out there still. It's a blow that Zach comes back. The Jets fans can be optimistic. And then, obviously, Michael Carter and Corey Davis are both likely down. It's a shame. But as you said, it's another opportunity for Elijah Moore to go nuts. We're going to see more Jamison Crowder on third down and red zone situations winning quickly. That's the key. I think that will help Zach Wilson's development in saying that I don't think he would have been as fixated on Corey. I think hopefully with the development with Mike LaFleur and John Beck, we'll see him pass that anyway. Uh, And then on the activations and guys they protected on the practice squad, I think Kyle Phillips um, obviously played really well last week, which made Ronnie Blair being protected and called up a bit of an interesting decision. I'm not sure if Phillips will be active again. I certainly would. I know Rich Samini said in his notes that he projected he'd be inactive. So there's a bit of a discussion there what happens at the edge position. Obviously, Bryce Huff not healthy enough yet. So I'm intrigued to see how that rotation works tomorrow. But today, sorry. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Luke, let's try and make some money for people today, and we'll start with the overall line. Jets are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at Houston. What do you think? Look, I think you have to take the Jets. I mean, two-and-a-half just seems too many for me. I think the Jets, it sounds strange, the Jets are a better football team. I think they're a more talented football team, even though they've lost a couple of key players on offense. I think my gut feeling, though, says, Scott, that if you'd like the Jets at the line, you should just take them at the money line, which I think is uh, plus 110 or 120 now, depending uh, which book you look at. I think that's probably the better value than taking the Jets at the line. But in saying that, if you gave me the choice, hold a gun to my head, I would definitely take the Jets plus two and a half. I just think that's better value. I think even playing on the road, they can win that game of football. Total points over under 44.5. I do not expect either team to play great defense. In saying that, can Tyrod Taylor and the kind of sea of running backs that are very below par. Can they actually attack the flaws of the Jets defense? I'm not so sure. I think the Jets will do their part. I think they'll score more than 22 points, cover their half of the of the uh, over-under total, so to speak. It's a tough one. I think it's a really good line. I'm leaning over, though. I think this could be a game where the Jets score 30 points. If that's the case, then maybe Houston score 17, 23 points. You're looking at a pretty comfortable over. Even if you knock a few points off either team, I think you're going to get there. So I would say right now out of those two, you're going Jets plus two and a half and over 44 and a half. Let's do some touchdown predictions here. Tevin Coleman is plus 140. Man, I have no idea how the Jets are going to handle their, particularly their red zone. The Jets don't break off a lot of long touchdown runs. We haven't seen that all season. So I guess what you have to figure out if you're betting is who's going to get the red zone touches and who's going to get the third down touches. It's obviously going to be heavily between Ty Johnson and between Tevin Coleman. I think plus 140 is okay odds. Uh, I don't think I'm running to take that though. I think I'd like to see it a little higher if I was taking it. So I would probably steer clear of that one personally. I think I'd leave it. Ty Johnson also plus 140. 
I think if you're taking one, you take Ty Johnson. I think he's going to be more involved in the passing game. We've seen that pretty prevalent uh, on wheels and screens and things like that. Zach Wilson probably being a little more anxious and looking to get rid of the ball quickly. He may incorporate more running backs than we've seen him through the first four or five weeks of the season when he was healthy. So, yeah, I think Ty Johnson scores this week. I think he'll get a red zone touchdown either way. So I, I think he'll score. I would probably take that at 140. Elijah Moore, plus 175. Yeah, look, I think out of the three we've talked about so far, that's the best bet. The Jets aren't super run heavy in the red zone anyway. I think with Zach back, LaFleur is going to have some tricks up his sleeve. And I think the marquee piece is Elijah Moore. And then when you mentioned that he can not just do those things close to the end zone, but rip off a 60, 70 yard touchdown like we saw against Miami, that's a really good bet. He scored three weeks in a row. He has five touchdowns in the last five weeks. Uh, I think that's really good value for money, I think. Plus 175 for Elijah Moore is my favorite so far. Jamison Crowder, plus 215. Again, I like it better than the running backs. I mean, Crowder, he had a touchdown a couple of weeks ago. Um, He gets open on those little whip routes, out routes. Uh, We've seen Braxton Berrios score a couple of touchdowns on similar routes. It's something that LaFleur likes to do from the slot in the red zone. I think the value is right. I think actually it's overs. So if you think Jamison Crowder is a chance, I would I would suggest getting on that because I think that's a pretty friendly market. And I think there's definitely some value and some meat on that bone. So I'd, I'd tell people to go and hit that up as well. I wouldn't touch Corey Davis at plus 325 because I don't think he's going to play. Same with LaMichael mm-hmm. P. Ryan at plus 500. Zach Wilson is plus 475. Uh, I just don't see them wanting to put his legs at risk. There's a chance he breaks the pocket and and scrambles on his own, but I think he's going to be cautious. I'm not sure whether he's playing in a knee brace or not, but I think he's going to have it in his head that I need to protect myself. I don't think LaFleur is going to be calling quarterback runs. I think he's smart enough to not put really the player his job is tied to at risk. Coming off a PCL injury, I would leave that one alone. Ryan Griffin, plus 525. Look, I know Chris isn't with us today. The very big deal has very big deal things to take care of, but he always, always just says no on principle for Ryan Griffin. So, I mean, I think I have to say no. Uh, Look, he has scored a couple of touchdowns this year. I think he has two in total, but I think if you're going to lay some money on the Jets game, do it in an exciting way and something that's a better value than Ryan Griffin to score a touchdown. Keelan Cole, plus 600. Uh, I mean, he's going to play. If Corey Davis being out, he's going to be your wide receiver three. In saying that, I think you're going to see a better better chance of scoring, obviously, as dictated by the odds for Elijah Moore, Crowder, and uh, and Tyler Johnson. I think once you hit Ryan Griffin and Keelan Cole, you're probably a little far out for me. And while the odds are okay and the value is fine, I think the, the, the actual where the market set is good, I just I don't think it's a bet that I would want to touch myself. Brexton Berrios, plus 750. No, only if Sam Donald's playing. Sam Donald loved throwing the ball to Brexton <laughs> Berrios. I, I don't see it. I don't think he's going to get the playing time with Crowder playing inside heavily, with Elijah Moore still getting some touches in the slot, I just don't think there's a big enough role to put money down on Braxton. Jeff Smith, plus 1,700. No, I, I wouldn't. That's I mean, Again, it's the same argument I had for the other guys. I just think not enough playing time, not enough opportunity. And if you're laying money, even though the value is good, you want there to be a high probability he's going to be on the field. I think you're counting on an injury for Jeff Smith to score a touchdown. Elijah Moore's getting the design touches over him now anyway. So for me, there's just better ways to spend it. Trevon Wesco, plus 1,500. Definitely not. I hope he doesn't even play a snap. (laughs) Any player on the Jets that we haven't mentioned yet, plus 1,800? I don't think so. I mean, of course, when you're looking at that market, you have to think whether you you believe the Jets can score some kind of return touchdown, but then you've got to remember Braxton Berrios 
uh, and also Tevin Coleman are the guys returning it. So that takes them out of play. So really you're only banking on effectively a defensive touchdown. The Jets don't turn the ball over enough to me, for me to think that's good value. So I think you, you stick to the receivers in that kind of 175 range. Jamison Crowder at 215. I think that's your best bet. No one outside of that has great value for me. Brandon Cooks plus 145. Man, can I have odds on Brandon Cook to be traded to another team next year? The guy gets shifted every single year for a second round pick. He's a tremendous talent. And if we're being honest, he's the guy that if Houston are going to be dangerous, he's the likely dude to, to do damage, to score a lot. Well, not score a lot, but to get a lot of yards. I think my question with Brandon Cooks is yeah, he does a lot of his damage between the 20s. He's not necessarily your traditional red zone threat. Um, so can he score a touchdown at those odds? I'd probably leave it. I think there's a couple of better bets for Houston that I'd take. David Johnson plus 155. I mean, it's pretty good. The Jets have got a terrible rushing attack. David Johnson can still catch it a little bit out of the backfield. Uh, I think that's pretty good value. Uh, I think there's a better chance of him scoring than a guy like Tevin Coleman on the other side. So I think that's a pretty nice one. I, I wouldn't be afraid to bet on, uh, on Johnson to score a touchdown. Rex Burkhead plus 160. The same, the same thought process. You can understand it. Running backs, third down back. He scores against the Jets, it feels like, every week. I I, I just don't think so, no. I, I think Johnson will get more snaps. There's not a, a, enough of a differential between value, so I'm not touching that. This is the one that I probably like the best when you consider the chance of it happening and the odds because I don't like to bet really tight odds. There's not enough of a return, but this mm -hmm. one right now stands out to me above all the other ones I've seen. Tyrod Taylor plus 260. You and me both, Scott. I was waiting for it. When I, when I talked about Brandon Cooks and liking other bets better on Houston side, the Jets struggle against scrambling quarterbacks. There's a high percentage of him scoring in the red zone. The Jets don't do a great job with their contains. They're very get up the field. There's a, a lot of ill discipline sometimes with the Jets gap integrity. So I think there is a great chance that he scores a touchdown. Uh, look, you always have to be worried about health for Tyrod Taylor. But when you're looking at a one game for odds, you know, 250 plus, I think you have to like Tyrod Taylor on that value. And that's, I think that one and Elijah Moore, they're my two favorites. Chris Conley plus 375. I just, I just don't think there's enough talent there. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but when I bet on these kind of props, if I'm doing something that's got that kind of return, I just want someone who's got more talent. Uh, you were getting Elijah Moore at those kind of odds a lot the first half of the season, and I was taking them, but I don't want to do that on Chris Conley. That just doesn't interest me. Danny Amendola plus 400. Look, to be honest, I didn't know he was still playing football. I, I don't want to touch <laughs> Demi Amendola. Um, <clears throat> poor man's Julian Edelman made a really good career in the league, but no, no thank you. Royce Freeman, plus 430. Uh, not a bad one if you get some some third down touches and can break a screen. I think the value is fairly nice, but uh, it's nothing that makes me want to run to my car and, and get on a plane to, to Vegas and, and lodge a better. I don't think so. I, I, as I said, I'm like you. I want value, but I think there always gets to a point in the market when I think it's just not worth it. That flight to Vegas would probably cost you more money than you could possibly win betting on Royce Freeman. So good call on your part, Luke. Nico Collins, plus 440. Uh, that's an opportunity. I mean, <clears throat> Nico Collins, I'm not sure. I think he has two or three touchdowns this year off the top of my head. Uh, obviously, a pretty young wide receiver prospect out of Michigan. I, I would say if you're a Nico Collins believer, do it. He's a bit of a bigger body receiver. Not a bad bet. Pharaoh Brown, plus 440. Look, I'm, I'm not going to tell people to go and put their money there. I think that would be irresponsible. So it's a, it's a no for me. I don't think Farrow Brown's the dude to be, to be putting money on if you're looking for a good Sunday return. Jordan Aikens plus 650. No, 
no, I can't do it. I can't do that. Like, I can't tell you with a straight face that even though the Jets' defense is terrible, that I think Jordan Ankins is, you know, that kind of probability of scoring a touchdown. I think it's it's greater than that. I, I don't think that's a great market, to be honest. Brevin Jordan, plus 650. Tight end prospect that a lot of people liked out of Miami. Hasn't got a ton of playing time this year. He's behind a couple of guys there. I don't think he's got enough of a share of the snaps to put money on him as a touchdown scorer. Chris Moore. And by the way, when I saw that name, I thought of my friend Chris Moore over at WFAN because that's the only Chris Moore I know of. Plus 1,100. We've got to the part of the betting where I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really know who Chris Moore is. Like, I know he's a wide receiver. I think he was a Baltimore a couple of years ago, if, if my memory's you know, reminding me of the right guy. But we're at the point where I'm starting to get foggy on these guys, and I think I have a pretty good grasp on, on the NFL. So I'm going to say no on, uh, on Chris Moore personally. This is where Chris Nimbley usually will start laughing and accusing me of making up names because here's another one that I have a feeling you're not going to know. Anthony O'Claire, he's plus 1,400. No, I'm pretty sure you just picked an Irish racehorse or something like that. I've never heard of it. I don't believe it. Davion Davis plus 2,200. Once again, it would be irresponsible of me to sit here and pretend that I know every player in the NFL and I I, I can't tell you who, who he is. So I'm going to say, no, do not race to put your money on Mr. David if you're looking for a, a prop a touchdown score about in the Jets Houston this week. Any other player on Houston plus 1,600? Probably not. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't expect them to score more than two or three touchdowns. So I don't think there's a great possibility that uh, a touchdown is scored by someone outside of the pool. Uh, so I would say no. I think the market's pretty much covered everyone that you would expect to score outside of a defensive player. Hopefully, Zach doesn't throw a pick six. I think we'll be okay. No touchdown scored in the game, plus 13,000. They're inside at Houston, right? I'm pretty sure that the Texas Stadium there is indoors. Uh, so I'd say no. I think it's very unlikely. They're two very bad defenses. You're unlikely to be affected by weather because it's in a dome. So no, I think there's going to be a, more than a couple of touchdowns scored, as I said, with uh, when I said it was going to be over 44 and a half. Player total passing yards. Tyrod Taylor over under 225.5. Zach Wilson over under 228.5. So when you when you were saying Tyrod Taylor, I haven't looked at the passing line. So I, I wanted to come into this fresh. In my head, I said two thirty five and a half. That was the number I just pulled when you were starting that that kind of line. So I guess you know by that, I think I would have to go over because I think he's just going to exceed the. I think it was two twenty and a half, something like that. I, I would think he'll go over. Uh, and for the Jets, I don't expect them to be rushing the football particularly well. Michael Carter's out. I think Zach will will exceed that number as well. So. I think they're pretty good bets, to be honest. I think you can find some value betting the overs on both of those passing yard markers. I think they're both pretty likely to happen. Total touchdown passes. Tyrod Taylor and Zach Wilson are both over 1.5. I would take Zach. I would leave Tyrod. I think Tyrod has a chance of having two total touchdowns and having a pass, uh, passing touchdown to a Crooks or someone like that, then rushing one himself, and then maybe David Johnson gets a touchdown, and that's how they score their three. So... I, I would steer clear of Tyrod Taylor, uh, but I, I would take the over on Zach. I think the, the Jets are going to sling it around a little bit. Everyone's got a point to prove, both LaFleur and Wilson. So I think he'll have over one and a half. Total completions. Tyrod Taylor and Zach Wilson are both 20.5. I like the over for Tyrod. Uh, I think I think the Jets don't do a great job. They play a lot of soft zone. And for the same reason, I think I talked about it already, but Zach Wilson is going to look to check the football down more. I think he's going to be more reserved. Houston play a lot of cover to themselves, a little like what we saw from Indianapolis a few weeks ago. 
So I, I think the over bets are both pretty good. It's it's a market I usually target with a guy like Lamar Jackson. He usually sits around 17 or 18 and a half. I think 20 is a little higher than I'd like. But if you made me go one way or the other, I'd go the over. Total pass attempts. Tyrod Taylor over under 33.5. Zach Wilson over under 34.5. 30, 33 and a half for Tyrod. So if I think he's going to have like 22, maybe he goes 22 of... 31. I think I think they'll both just be under. I think there'll be quite a high completion percentage in the game. I think the Jets will try to establish the run a little bit early. It might eat into some of Zach's throws. I know they've got a little pass happy on first down. So I know it sounds ridiculous when I've gone over on the pass uh, totals and over on the completions, but I think both these defenses are bad. So I'm going to say it's actually going to be under on the completions, which may sound contradictory, but that's just kind of a gut feeling. Total interceptions thrown. Tyrod Taylor and Zach Wilson are both over under 0.5. I got to be honest, Luke, if it wasn't for the fact that Wilson is minus 240, I would be all over this as much as I hate to admit it because let's be honest, the odds of Zach Wilson throwing one interception are pretty high. So I don't love the odds there. That's the only reason I wouldn't bet this. But personally, if it wasn't for that, I would definitely bet on Wilson throwing at least one interception. That's a really juiced 0.5 line. I think you said minus 240. Like there's, there's just no value there. I think it would have made much more sense for Zach's line to be uh, one and a half, a little bit shaded towards the under. But look, that's what they chose him to do. I'm not touching that. But as you said, I think there's a good chance he does. Think back to the Denver game. I think he protected the ball pretty well. It was a very nothing game from the Jets offense. But then in the fourth quarter, he still had two interceptions. Not necessarily his fault, but the chance of a rookie quarterback turning the ball over, not named Mac Jones, is going to be pretty high every single week in the NFL. So if you're looking for some kind of parlay bet, I think that's a pretty good leg to put in it. Maybe you want to do Elijah Moore to score a touchdown and you want to put in there Zach Wilson over a touchdown and a half and then also over an interception. I think that's a pretty nice little start to a parlay. It's something to add on, but it's not value as a standalone bet. Total receiving yards will go by team. Farrow Brown over under 14.5. Brandon Cooks over under 65.5. And David Johnson over under 18.5. I love myself some running back reception props. I haven't got David Johnson's kind of averages on the season in front of me. I think that's pretty good though. I feel like 18 and a half feels a little bit low for a guy with his skill set. I understand he's not the guy that was in Arizona a few years ago, but... I think the Jets give up a ton of yards to running backs. It's a marker I like to hit anyway. So out of those three, I feel like that's probably the one I like the most. But I also definitely wouldn't write off Brandon Cooks having more than 62 and a half, whatever that, that number was. So I think both Johnson and Cooks are both a pretty good chance of over. They're the two names that stand out to me the most there for Houston. Total receiving yards. Jamison Crowder over under 45.5. Ryan Griffin over under 17.5. Ty Johnson over under 20.5 and Elijah Moore over under 53.5. So in the last month of the season, Elijah Moore has gone over at that 53.5 number three out of four times against Buffalo. He didn't really get the ball until Joe Flacco came in and he still had 44 yards. So he's not still far off that total. That's a really good number. The Crowder one interests me because I think he'll have five catches but is he going to have five catches for nine or 10 yards? Or is it going to be shorter than that with Wilson, Wilson finding him to try and move the sticks on third down? So the theme of this has been me liking Elijah Moore props. And I think it's a really good one. I think 53 and a half is a manageable number, uh, especially when you bake into the fact that Corey Davis is out. Now, I, I love that. I think that's a really good number. And I would definitely take that. I will be. 
Total receptions, Farrow Brown over under 1.5, Brandon Cooks over under 5.5, Ryan Griffin over under 1.5, and Ty Johnson over under 2.5. You know, I was really hoping you said Tyler Johnson's was going to be one and a half. I would have loved that. I still think he has over. I think Ty Johnson will have three or four catches uh, on uh, today. So I think he's a, a number I really like. And what was what was Brandon Cooks, sorry? Brandon Cooks over under 5.5. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good bet too, especially if I'm thinking he has north of 60 yards. I think, yeah, I think Brandon Cooks and Ty Johnson are my favorite, my two favorite bets there. I think they're both pretty likely hitting the over. Total rushing yards, Tevin Coleman over under 36.5. Ty Johnson over under 26.5. David Johnson over under 25.5. And Tyrod Taylor over under 23.5. So what the odds makers are telling you is they don't think either team is going to be particularly effective rushing the ball. Yeah, and I think that's obviously why I went over with a lot of the passing stats, a lot of the receiving stats. I think I definitely share the same viewpoint. Um, David Johnson has been struggling to run the football the last few weeks. He hasn't gone over. I understand they've made some trades with Ingram and obviously they've got rid of Lindsay now. So he's going to have a higher share, but last week he had 13 rushes for 18 yards. I'm not touching that. I don't trust their offensive line. The one for me is Tevin Coleman. Look, I was not critical of the signing, but I thought, why are you signing Tevin Coleman? You have a young room. Got to be honest, his burst has impressed me last week. He had a couple of runs where if he kept his feet and didn't stumble over a defender, they were going for 30 or 40 yards. He looks quick. He looks explosive. I think he'll be on the field more on first and second down when the Jets are more likely to run than Ty Johnson, who will get the shares. So I think he goes north of 40 or 50 yards. So I think that's the best one there. I think I'd, I'd hit Tevin Coleman, which I, I can't believe I'm saying. Speaking of Tevin Coleman, total rushing attempts, Tevin Coleman is over under 10.5. 10.5? I think he can have you know four and a half, five uh, yards per attempt. Ah, if they do that, are they going to feed him more? Possibly. I think LaMichael P. Ryan's going to be inactive. Oh, that's a really tough line. I, My gut is telling me somehow it would still be under, and he has eight or nine carries for 45 yards. I think that's going to be the stat line. So I guess that's what I got to say. Total yards. So this would be receiving and rushing combined. David Johnson over under 46.5. Ty Johnson over under 50.5. Again, I don't love the the David Johnson. I just don't have trust in him or the line or, or really how they're going to handle the share of touches in the backfield. Ty Johnson's is close. I think 50 seems about right. Um, if he has, you know, 25, 30 yards receive, uh, rushing and, and 20 receiving, oh, I'm, I'm not going to touch either. I think there's value there. Uh, Ty Johnson's the better of the two, but I'm, I'm not touching either. I think they both likely go under. Now to close out the show, we'll get our picks for the week from our friend Walter Cherapinski over at WalterFootball.com. Walter, welcome back to the show, sir. Thanks, Scott. Going to begin with the Jets as usual. They're two and a half point underdogs at Houston. Uh, Earlier in the week, I liked the Jets when I thought Joe Flacco would be starting. I think he's up an upgrade over Zach Wilson in the short term right now, especially in this matchup against Lovey Smith, the defensive coordinator for the Texans. Uh, We've seen Lovey Smith confuse young quarterbacks this year. Uh, He he beat Trevor Lawrence pretty convincingly in week one. I think that might be the case again this week with Zach Wilson. He could be forced into several interceptions. Uh, So I like Houston to win. 
in this game. Not crazy about it, though. I'm not going to bet it. Uh, so I have two other games involving AFC East teams. The first one is the Patriots. They're seven-point home favorites against the Titans. I actually like Tennessee here to keep this game close. Uh, I know the Patriots are on the terror, but they just beat the Falcons, and you can't really be impressed by that. Uh, the Titans bring a ton of pressure, and uh, Mac Jones, obviously a young quarterback. Young quarterbacks tend to struggle when, when pressured a lot. The last two times Mac Jones played teams that pressured uh, frequently, uh, he battled the Panthers and struggled in that game. Uh, the defense really dominated that one. And then the Chargers game where he had his worst game of the year. Uh, the only reason why the Patriots won is because of a pick six by Justin Herbert. So I, I think this game is going to be a tight defensive battle. I know the Titans are missing a ton of offensive players, but but their defense playing very well. I think they could keep this uh, low scoring and cover the, the touchdown. Uh, the other AFC East uh, team is Miami. They're two and a half point home underdogs against Carolina. Uh, I'm fading the other AFC East team again. I like Carolina. Uh, again, this is a young quarterback facing a ton of pressure. Carolina brings a ton of heat on the quarterback, and Tua Tagovailoa really struggles against the blitz, and I think Carolina should be able to dominate the offensive line of Miami. Uh, Dolphins can't block at all, and Carolina has one of the top pass rushes in the NFL. Uh, some other games I like, I like Tampa Bay minus three at the Indianapolis, so um, everyone's uh, loving the Colts after that win over Buffalo, but I, I don't, I'm not very convinced because the week before, the Colts almost lost to the Jaguars. In fact, if it wasn't for that block punt return for a touchdown, uh, the Colts probably would have lost. They were outgained in that game uh, by Jacksonville, and, and we saw how bad Jacksonville was last week against San Francisco. So I, I think Tampa is going to rebound. I, I love uh, I love Tampa's uh, matchups here. Uh, Tom Brady against a defense missing both safeties seems uh, very easy, and the and the Buccaneers' uh, run defense is the best in the NFL, so they should be able to contain Jonathan Taylor. I like the Giants plus three and a half hosting the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are a little overinflated here. Uh, a few weeks ago, the Eagles were minus three and a half at Detroit, and there's no way Detroit and the Giants are in the same realm. Um, the Giants play good defense, uh, and the Eagles don't blitz, which is key against Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones, when blitz, is terrible. We saw that Monday night. But when he's not blitz, he's actually uh, a pretty average quarterback. So I think he should be able to uh, rebound off that off that ugly loss Monday night. Uh, the Giants fired Jason Garrett. I think that's a positive. He's he's an awful offensive coordinator, uh, and Freddie Kitchens is going to be an upgrade. I know Kitchen struggled as a head coach, but he was a good offensive coordinator in Cleveland. Um, I like the Rams pick them, uh, or actually they're minus one against uh, the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't practiced at all. I know he's going to play, uh, but he didn't practice a single time this week, which is a downgrade from last week, uh, so he may not be 100%. Uh, the Packers' offensive line is missing three starters, and then you have the Rams coming off a bye. Uh, they were embarrassed the last time they played. They, were, they lost big time against the 49ers on Monday Night Football, so they've had a stool about that, and I like elite coaches coming off a of bye, so that really benefits Sean McVay. Uh, so those are the games I like on Sunday. I also like Seattle on Monday night. Um, uh, they're a pick against uh, Washington here, so um, the Redskins' offensive line is going to be missing some starters, uh, and Seattle uh, coming off a couple losses. Uh, Russell Wilson is great coming off a loss, and I know Seattle just lost to Colt McCoy, but the last team to lose to Colt McCoy was the 49ers, and they bounced back uh, to have a big win against the Rams uh, the following week, so you know, Seattle, this is a must win for the game, for them. If they lose this game, they're out of it. Uh, they're not that far away from a wild card spot, so they still have some hope. And I think Russell Wilson is going to come out with a big performance on, the, on Monday night. So those are the WalterFootball.com Week 12 picks. Back to you, Scott. Thanks, Walter. Make sure you check out everything they're doing at WalterFootball.com. A lot of draft content, plenty of gambling and fantasy. It's all there right now, and it's constantly being updated WalterFootball.com and check out everything that we're doing 
over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Lots of film breakdowns. There are going to be plenty of them after the game from Luke Grant, so make sure that you check those out. And if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes for the podcast yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.